We often focus on attracting new clients, launching new things in our business, basically ways to grow our income. But how often do we optimise what we already have? Whenever I look closely at what I am and am not doing, I find ways to use what I already have to grow my sales. For instance, I recently reached out to a few people who had had discovery calls with me a while back and just caught up with how they were doing. I wasn't approaching them to sell, but one of them out of four who I contacted became a customer. And that was about a year after I had initially spoken to them. I'll be diving into ways to really use your network to boost your sales a bit later. So keep listening if you want ways to make more money out of what you already have. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. If you listened to the start of this episode, I snuck a quick way to use your network to boost your sales. I'll be diving into that topic in more detail as I work my way through the list. But for now, I'll get started. The first way you might be leaving money on the table is by not checking your links and processes. I'm starting with this one because it's the easiest one to action. The other day, I came across a business workshop I wanted to join. So I clicked the link to buy a ticket and it took me to one of those 404 error pages, basically a web page that told me that that web page didn't exist. So I went to the company's main website and dug around a little to see if I could find the button to buy a ticket. And after about two minutes, I gave up. Now, I'm not proud of only giving it two minutes, but I also know that I'm not unusual in having a short attention span when it comes to things like this. In fact, whether we blame things like social media or one-click buying, whatever the reason is, nowadays we do have a short attention span, especially when we do anything online. So we want to make our processes fast and easy for our customers and of course we need to make sure all our links work. Otherwise, without even realising it, we might be losing clients. I know when you created your website or shared links to an email sign-up form, you double-checked your links, but it's always worth a triple check. You know what it's like when you create something, anything. You get so caught up in the small details that sometimes the basics get overlooked. I recently redesigned my Tutor's Mastermind landing page and a client was trying to join and she said she couldn't. Even though I thought I had checked, it turns out I had made a mistake. So it does happen and it's worth taking some focused time out, maybe an hour, just to go through your links and make sure they work correctly. I also mentioned checking your processes. When someone joins my mastermind, the link takes them to the terms and conditions and then straight to the payment page. That's it. Now imagine if my process was to send them a contract, which they had to sign and return, Then they had to wait for me to send them an invoice and then they could pay. Not only is it clunky, but it increases the chances of them not joining because when someone is ready to join, they're excited. And if we make that process inefficient or unnecessarily lengthy, there's a greater chance that they might not complete the process. 
So it's important that our client processes are streamlined and easy to go through. I know I've already covered a few things, so at the end of the episode, I'll do a quick summary of all the key takeaways. So moving on to the second way you could be leaving money on the table is by giving potential clients a price list when they ask for it. Now, I'm not saying that we should withhold our prices. In fact, I have my prices clearly on my website. However, when someone makes an inquiry, that's your chance to develop a relationship with them, which always boosts the chances of them feeling comfortable to work with you. So let's say you get the type of inquiry I know we've all received, where someone messages you and simply asks how much your services or products cost. I often get that with tuition inquiries. Here's what you can do. Here's what I do, and you can too if you want. I reply with some questions. Things like, how old is their child, whether they're preparing for any specific exams, and what their main struggles are. Then I welcome them to book a call with me, and at the bottom, I send them a link to my website where they can see my prices. I find 9 out of 10 times, they book without actually speaking to me, and if I don't have an available slot, they go on my waiting list. And on my waiting list form, I also have my prices clearly stated. Now, these questions achieve a few things. Firstly, you find out more about the prospective student or client, which is genuinely useful, nothing to do with sales. But more related to sales, your targeted questions show your professionalism and your expertise. It helps your potential client trust that they're in safe hands. And you're starting a conversation that builds a relationship. So if they aren't ready to buy from you yet, when they are, there's a greater chance of them thinking of you. So try and avoid really transactional conversations and instead build a rapport with your potential client. Yes, it boosts the chances of them working with you, but also it's a useful way for you to gatekeep whether they're someone you want to work with. Actually, I'll sneak a quick additional tip in here. I mentioned that sometimes people aren't quite ready to buy from you yet. To avoid losing them as a prospective client, try and have something in place. It could be a Facebook group or a monthly newsletter or just a simple connection through social media. Whatever it is, give yourself a chance to stay on their radar because sometimes people just need to see a little more before feeling comfortable to make a decision. I think I told you this story a few weeks ago, but quite recently I had a discovery call and at the end it was very clear that they were really unsure whether the tutor's mastermind or my one-to-one mentoring was right for them. They sent me one of those it's not you, it's me style emails saying to leave it with them and they'd get back to me. But then I saw their name pop up in my free Facebook group. They were watching my free training videos and commenting on how useful they were finding them. And after a day or so, they emailed me saying they definitely wanted to work with me and they paid and joined the very same day. So if you're like me and don't really like to sell when you have calls with potential clients, it's not unusual for them to just need a little more to help them make a decision. And that leads me to my third tip, which is to make sure you follow up. I've mentioned the power of following up in my sales-related podcast episodes, and I talk about it in any kind of sales training I deliver, because it's one of the most powerful ways to boost sales and it's also the most neglected. If you want a deep dive on selling without being pushy, have a listen to episode 54 next. So following up refers to situations where you interact with a prospective client and they don't buy from you straight away. Instead of leaving the conversation there, it's a good idea to follow up with them, not just once, but a few times. 
I know you might feel like you're bothering them, but one thing I do that might make you feel better about it is when I speak to someone, I just ask if it's okay that I check in with them a few times. I've never had anyone say no. Now, I know that many of you will still feel unsure about following up more than once or twice because you feel like it would be too pushy, but let's quickly look at it from another angle. Let's imagine that you've just come across my mastermind and you're interested in joining, but you want to know more. So you book a call with me. We have a chat, but you need to think about it. But straight after the call, you went off and made lunch. And after that, you had some client work to do. And then it was straight into your evening routine. You haven't had the headspace to think about the mastermind, but you promise yourself you will do it tomorrow or at least by the weekend. But the week just ends up swallowing you up and the weekend is busy as well. Before you know it, thinking about the mastermind has moved even further down the list and maybe you've even forgotten about it because other things have taken over. This is such a common scenario. We're all busy people and although we sometimes do want to invest in something, other things keep taking priority. Now let's change that scenario a little. So after our call, you got busy, but the next day I pop into your inbox to ask if you have any questions. That might prompt you to reply and ask the questions you forgot to ask me in our call, or it might remind you to think about it like you wanted to. But things get busy again, so you promise yourself you'll get back to me tomorrow, but you don't for whatever reason. Let's imagine a couple of days later, I email you with some useful free resources that will help you with some of those challenges you told me you faced during our call. Now you're likely to save that email and go back to it when you're in the zone. You still might not take action to invest in the mastermind, but it has reminded you again to have a look. You get the picture. One follow-up isn't enough. Two isn't enough. There is no magic number, but the point is, People need time to think about things, but you also need to remind them or even help them make a decision. Remember that client I told you about? She wasn't not joining the mastermind because she was too busy to think about it. She was hesitant and she needed a little more from me to help her make a decision. So following up is powerful and you boost the chances of success if your follow-ups are driven by the sentiment of wanting to help someone make a decision as to whether you're right for them or not. So moving on to my fourth tip to make sure that you're optimising what's already around you is to use your network. We often work as an individual, it's our business and we focus on our marketing platforms to attract new clients. But most of us are also connected to other colleagues We might be connected on social media or maybe through a community like the Tutors Mastermind that I offer or ones that are similar. The point is, there are people around us who we can work with to attract more business and that's not just through collaboration, although that's definitely one way. I won't dive into collaboration ideas too much as I have an episode dedicated to that. If you want to line it up to listen to next, I've popped the link in the show notes. It's episode 58. But I'll share some quick ideas on the subject. I'm an English tutor and most of my students also have a tutor for maths or other subjects. They sometimes ask me for recommendations too. So I could reach out to some tutors from other subjects, get to know them to make sure I'd feel comfortable recommending them and we could recommend clients to one another. We could create joint marketing material or lead magnets so that we're getting in front of each other's audiences. 
When you're approaching people for collaboration, it's important, I think, that there's a fair exchange. So have a listen to that episode that I linked in the show notes if you want to explore it a little more. But the point is that there are already people in our network who we can work with to attract more business. Also, when we think of our network, we also have the details for existing clients, past clients and potential clients. Instead of solely working on meeting new people, we might be in a position to work with them a little more too. I mentioned at the very start of this episode how I recently checked in with people who I had had discovery calls with a while back and how that led to one out of four of those contacts becoming a client. I have to admit, this isn't something I do often, but not for any other reason than lack of time. But something I have done in the past and do now is I offer existing clients more. For instance, back in 2020, when I launched three weekly group classes, each with a capacity of 15 students, I got them half booked before even publicising them, simply by offering them to existing clients at a discounted rate. So I had students who were having one-to-one sessions with me and they were in groups too. I still have a few who do that, although I don't run big group classes anymore or offer that discount. In the Mastermind, I offer all members, regardless of their type of membership, any additional resources I sell, like my 100 content prompts. I offer a 50% discount to them. I also offer full members a significant discount on my one-to-one mentoring. So in addition to meeting new clients, there are often ways you can offer more to existing clients. And a good way to do this, in my view, is to think about what else they may need outside of the work you're already doing with them. Now, I've just talked about a couple of ways you can optimise how you work with people who are already in your network. But you can get really innovative with this and think of more opportunities. What you do will depend on your business and your business model and who you have in your network and how you interact with them. And of course, your personal preferences. So as promised, here's a summary of the key takeaways from today, as I know I've covered quite a lot. Remember that any links to episodes I've mentioned are in the show notes. The first thing I talked about is making sure your processes are streamlined, especially the way you onboard new clients. So the process from when they make an inquiry to when they become a client. The streamlining is important because it reduces the chances of them dropping out of the process and therefore not becoming a client. I also mentioned the importance of checking that all of your links work as expected so that you aren't losing clients without even realising it. The second tip I shared was to build rapport with people who make new inquiries instead of having transactional conversations. So you might get a message where someone simply asks how much you charge. You can tell them, but a good way to build a relationship that's more likely to lead to a sale is to have a natural conversation with them, perhaps by asking them some targeted questions. I also snuck in an extra tip, which was to have something in place for prospective clients who speak to you but aren't quite ready to buy from you yet. The third point I mentioned, which is linked to helping undecided people make a decision, is the importance of following up. A lot of people are reluctant to do it because they feel pushy. But when you view it as a way of just helping people decide what's right for them, it becomes more useful than pushy. And my fourth tip was to look around you and use what you already have access to to boost your business. So this could be contacting ex-clients because you have a new thing that could help them. It could be offering additional products or services to current clients. 
I also talked about looking at your wider network and thinking of what opportunities there could be to work with others directly or just in a casual way where you support one another. So I hope you've walked away with lots of ideas and if you want to implement them, I'd recommend tackling one thing at a time so that you get the most out of it without getting overwhelmed. As always, thank you for spending your time with me and you'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.